0: Welcome to another edition of the Scuttlebutt Podcast from Trapping Inc. TV. We are, and in this podcast, we are up in the northwest corner of Alberta. We're up on the Steen River line. We're chasing Wolverine and, and Lynx, and it's awesome trip as always. But the reason for the special introduction is something happens after the end of the podcast that I didn't know was going to happen. So you don't want to hang up. You don't want to uh, close off. You want to stick around uh, Rennie actually sings us a song that he wrote when he was a 17-year-old out on his first trapline. Without further ado, let's get to it. My slipper keeps falling off. <laughs> All right, everything good? All righty. Welcome to Scuttlebutt Podcast. I'm Rich Mellon, and today we are coming on location from a very special place, the middle of Frostbite northern alberta <laughs> we're actually in the far northwest corner of alberta we are about 30 miles from the northwest territories border and we are 30 more miles west from the bc border so we're just about as close as we can get into the corner of uh, of northwest alberta i am here with three generations of shopmen. men okay rennie the uh, patriarch the old the old dog Uh, Kevin, which you'll you'll all remember from last year on the show, and Kevin's son, Connor. Now, uh, we have been out today trapping. We've had a great time. And when I said we're going to sit down and and, uh, do this uh, uh, podcast... Kevin took me aside and he says listen he says I warning you right now he says don't ask dad about the old days cuz you ain't got enough batteries. Well, <laughs> I put you in the big battery. <laughs> so, we're going to talk. We're going to talk trapping and then and we're going to start right now. And I'm going to ask you about the old days. How many how long have you been doing this?
1: Well, I uh, I started on a residential trap line uh, when I was 8 uh, catching squirrels, weasels, muskrats and uh, 8 years old. 8 years old and uh, so, I, I really, really enjoyed it. I used to go out every weekend at, at nights after school. And, and uh, by the time I got to 16, I was already looking for a registered trap line. And uh, so, at that time, all the trap lines were pretty well uh, filled up in, in Alberta. But I, I found one. Uh, Al Boggs was the fish and wildlife officer in uh, Fort McMurray back in, uh, in them days. And uh, he found me a trap line at Legend Lake. And that's by name your lake. Uh, it was 80 miles northwest uh, of uh, of uh, Fort McMurray by air, and uh, so he uh, there was four townships there. So I bought it for well 20 dollars a year at that time. Yeah. And uh, so, uh, uh, anyways, I I arranged uh, to go up there by air to build a cabin in the spring. So uh, <clears throat> I left school on April 1st. What year? Uh, That was 1971.
0: 1971. Yeah.
1: And so I left uh, school and I I went up there uh, with my cousin. And uh, so we we flew up there to build this cabin. They were supposed to come back and get us in 30 days. Uh, So uh, that was the plan anyway. So uh, we brought about enough for about five weeks of supplies and uh, we flew up there with a, a Cessna 180, loaded right to the pin. In fact, the only one that had a seat was the pilot. We were sitting on a stove, and, and we had traps. We had all kinds of stuff: uh, sweet saws, uh, axes. There was no power saws back then. So, uh, anyways, we uh, we got there. We landed on the on the lake, and I could still remember that uh, when uh, he took off, and you could just hear him, and then he just kind of disappeared. Eh? It was just. And it was quiet. It was the first time I had heard such such quietness, you know. Yeah. So uh, so we spent, uh, I think on the fortnight, uh, we had ourselves a little cabin built. We built a floor in it. We built bunk beds. Uh, we had uh, uh, everything we needed in it. And uh, so uh, every day we used to go out and explore around the lake and stuff because uh, we were going coming back in the fall to go trapping. So, uh, well... Uh, come about 30 days we we didn't have that many rations yet uh, left and uh so we expected the airplane to come back anytime and it, it just never showed up
0: just pull this away from you you're popping a little bit there we go
1: so it uh it never showed up so uh uh a few days past the 30 days uh we saw pretty north of uh, legend lake there's legend lake tower and we could see a little smoke there on a calm morning, <laughs> and uh, so anyways we uh, huffed her over there. It was a it was about a a six mile run, and we were in pretty good shape back then. And uh, so anyways, so well, uh, you were what,
0: all of seventeen or seventeen years 17, old, yeah. <laughs>
1: and, and and I was in good shape. Yeah. And uh, so anyways, uh, we got there, and so there was uh, I remember uh, the guy's name, Egan Isaacson. He had came in, uh, Swede, and he had come in to bring the. Uh, it was an indigenous uh, uh, fellow that was working for for the... Uh, for forestry. For forestry. So he brought him in, and uh, so he was leaving as soon as he set them all up. So we told him our predicament, and he says, well, I'm sorry, but we don't have insurance to fly you guys out. And we said, well, uh, you know, how, you know, can't you bring us somehow? And he says, no, you'd have to be an employee uh, of forestry. And we said, well... Do you have any jobs available? And he says, yeah, we got a couple jobs. We said, well, hire us, and then we'll fly out with you. And he goes, well, no, that's that's not how it works.
0: Oh, it's never that simple with government. No. We know that. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> so uh, the plan was that, he said, uh, kind of sarcastically, he said, you show up Monday morning, and I'll give you a job. This was uh, Thursday night. So we went back to the cabin, and uh, I remember we had a pound of bannock left, and uh, we, we took a 22, and... Some of our stuff, and we headed out to walk out the Chippewa and lakes. Now it was uh, it was around the first week of May. Uh, creeks were already flowing. There was still a bit of snow, uh, but it soon left, and then it was, you know, uh, muskegs were getting yeah. soft. Eh? oh, it was hard oh, going.
0: That's that's tough walking. That is. Yeah, it seems like you have to have to lift your ankles up to your Adam's apple every <laughs> step, right? You know yeah. that spongy old moss, right? Yeah. <laughs>
1: So we walked uh we walked and uh, I think we crossed a couple of rivers and uh about twenty five or so creeks and uh was, we got there on Sunday afternoon at four o'clock and <laughs> we didn't have a map or anything I knew I had to go west and I had to go south and uh and and the rest i I guess the good Lord brought us there but uh we made it there and uh so then uh, uh I had told uh the towerman that uh if you don't hear from us by Sunday night, um, you know, call the RCMP, and uh, because he had mobile phones that he could relay through, and and uh, so anyways, uh, because uh, Chippewa and Lakes was in Slave Lake Forest, we had to relay to a, a tower that had both uh, Lac La Biche and, okay. and so on, and so uh, Fort McMurray, and so anyways, we finally got the message to to this pot, uh, to this uh, towerman that we had made it. And uh, he said, "Oh, I had forgot about you guys."
0: <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, and that was that was so common back then, though. Yes. You know, like I mean, you're a man at seventeen, yeah. and nobody worried about you. No. You know, you head off to the bush for a week or two, and I mean, I'm, I remember, you know, when my wife and I first got married, you know, I'd go hunting, go go moose hunting for two weeks. She wouldn't hear a word from us, yeah. and when we showed up, was, how, how you know, how big a moose did you get? You know, all, all yeah. that kind of stuff. Nobody was concerned, right? Well. Today, if you were to throw a kid, a 17-year-old kid out in the bush and walk away, they'd have you in jail, Yeah, yes, <laughs> you not know? Absolutely, yeah. So yeah. that was the start of your traffic.
1: Yeah. So uh, I come out. We worked for forestry. And I, I got on, on the towers. And I was a spare tower man. So I went to uh, Els Tower, Birch, Legend. Yeah. And uh, I replaced people that wanted the weekend off, that kind of thing. And uh, so I replaced this guy out of Algar Tower. And he wanted to go to see Klondike Days, which is normally two or three days. And they never showed up again.
0: Oh. And uh, because there was only
1: three months left, they said, okay, well, you, uh, you might as well just stay on here. It was a 6 month tower. So uh, my mom and dad brought my team of dogs there because you could drive there. Right. And uh, every uh, week or ten days, I had a hole in a muskeg. And they'd bring me some tulipies so I could feed my dogs. Yeah. And I was training my dogs while I was on the towers. There you go. And uh, so anyways, when uh, uh, November 22nd, is, we were waiting until we had the first snow that we could leave Fort Mackay. And uh, so the first snow was November 22nd. We took off. And uh, we took off with two skidoos at first. And by the time we got to Garnerser Lake, there was already like 18 inches of snow.
0: Wow. And uh, so (laughs) when we
1: got to the the Birch Mountains or Birch Hills, uh, it was... uh, we just couldn't go anywhere. We had little Elan's back then.
0: Oh the the 250 Elan.
1: Yes, 12 horse. Yeah.
0: <laughs> 12
1: yeah, 12 <laughs> horse back.
0: And uh, so Connor thinks that's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> How many horses was that thing you were driving today? 96. Yeah, 96. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh they consisted of uh, take a pair of snowshoes and walk up and and break trail and then the following day we would push the Elan up the hills. <laughs> And then the third day, we were sometimes able to bring the skimmers up, with the with the lens. Right. And so it was quite a. T- and then by then it snowed six inches. We started all over again.
0: So was it was it traction getting you or or power?
1: <clears throat> it was just it, it was no power. No power. And, and, and the hills were like the, yeah. the forehead of a Holstein cow. I mean it was <laughs> you know
0: <laughs> forehead of a Holstein cow. I gotta write that down. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so did you ever get to trap your your trap line where you built your cabin
1: we we got uh we finally got there about a week before christmas and we started on november 22nd and uh we november
0: finally, 22nd and yeah. you got to wow yeah
1: so uh, and and the reason we even got there is uh we went back out and uh, to get my dogs and I had uh, only four dogs. So I, uh, I pushed up the hills and I rode down the hills. And like the old story, uh, going to school and, uh, uphill both ways, it <laughs> seemed like that. It was like that, going to the drop line. It was just steady uphill. He told,
0: he told me, he says, Grandpa's going to tell you about going to school uphill <laughs> yeah, both ways. <yeah>, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. what he said.
1: <laughs> yeah. So uh, but we had a halfway camp. Uh, we had a, a wall tent. Set up at forty-four miles. Yeah, and that was kind of our halfway camp, and uh, so we we stayed overnight there with the dogs, and then the next day we took off again. And
0: so it was, was that on your trap line? That halfway no. camp? No, no, oh, no,
1: not at all. No, it. Uh, we had to get uh, to uh, Garneter Lake, uh, which was kind of a they had an Indian reserve on there. Yeah, and uh, so uh, we actually there were so many cut lines back them days that uh, we had to hire somebody to. To go with them to show us the way to to get there first and uh so once i went and uh, that was another story i uh we were in the middle of nowhere and this native fellow says uh i think we should stay here tonight so he start he started this little fire now you, you know like you heard about <laughs> the native fire it's very small yeah and uh, they're very good at it <laughs> yeah <laughs> and uh so anyways we had some tea and uh and i i can't remember eating anything but uh he said, "Well, uh, time to go to bed." And he just leaned over and fell asleep. And, <laughs> and I shook like like a cat on a tin roof. Like I just <laughs> uh, I couldn't believe how cold it was. And it never bothered him a bit. And th- the next morning wow. he had, had some more tea, and away we went. And uh, we finally made it to Garniture Lake. And uh, Garniture Lake had uh, two big lakes, uh, and there was a pair uh, some narrows in between. Right. And in January, uh beginning December, January, there's so many the white fish go in there, you can almost walk across. Really? And I remember we had a little piece of net and uh uh one would just stay on shore and the other one would just kinda walk around with, with, with chest waders, and uh like we'd get like hundred and eighty or whatever in one scoop. And these were jumbo whites.
0: Big ones, eight yeah. pounders, yeah. yeah.
1: Now when I left uh Fort Mackay, uh Al Boggs told me, he says, uh uh, i'm going to give you a piece of paper that's going to allow you you can shoot a moose a caribou you can uh, net in any of the lakes up there for your dogs or your
0: so you could you could survival. live, live subsistently. yes yes yeah. okay
1: and uh because and he says i'm gonna go and check up on you because he didn't want me to go he said it's not it's not for a 17 year old
0: you know right shouldn't, right
1: shouldn't be doing that but I was way too stubborn. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, anyways, we, uh, we got to, when we got to Name Your Lake, which was the lake we couldn't cross because it was steep hills all around. And, but we had to go across because of the overflow. I just couldn't find a way across with the skidoo. Right. And uh, we tried a couple of times, uh, sunk that little Elan. Next day, you had to come chop it out of the, <laughs> and tip it over, knock all the ice out, and then drive out again until you got enough courage to try it again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> courage is one word for it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my wife would have a different word. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but when I brought the dogs there, I noticed on the way up there, when I passed a little creek, uh, one time my dog wouldn't go any further, my lead dog. So I went up to see what the problem was, and I could hear water underneath,
2: trickling. Uh, and so
1: I figured, oh, okay. So I brought him on Name Your Lake, and he went, just zigzagging uh, through the overflow and found where there was no overflow. And that's how we finally got across. Cool. And, and we started trapping. So we, we set our traps out, and uh, there was a lot of fur back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You would see the animals run across the cut line. Uh, you know the old story? You had to yeah. hide behind a tree to yeah. bait. Yeah. <laughs>
0: It was almost like that. <laughs> you made up that story, did you? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the uh, fur was very plentiful.
0: So how long were you in?
1: We we were in there for three weeks, and we came out for Christmas. Okay. We should have never did that. We come out, it snowed out uh, like another foot and a half, and, and we never did go back.
0: Oh, really? We
1: never did go back.
0: How uh, much fur did you bring out in the three weeks?
1: Oh, I, you know, I, and I can't remember exact numbers, but uh, we had over 20 link.
0: Really? Yeah. In three weeks? Yeah. It, wow. it was,
1: And back then, of course, uh, it was all footholds. Yeah. You know, that's all that we had. Uh, we had corner bears. I remember 330s that we used for beavers. Right. But uh, other than that, everything else was, uh, was footholds.
0: That's amazing. Yeah. That was 47 years ago.
1: That was 47 years ago, yeah.
0: So obviously then you you raised Kevin in in the life? Yes. And you have a a registered trap line?
1: I I had, uh, we trapped for 22 years uh, south of Fort McMurray uh, by Egg Lake, which is about 40 miles by Crow Flies, south south of Fort McMurray. And uh, so we trapped there for about 22 years. And uh, then uh, uh, the fellow that was a senior uh, you know, the senior has all the pull. Yep. And he decided that uh, he didn't want me there anymore. Yeah. Uh, he had other plans. So he uh, didn't, wouldn't sign me up. So um, I heard about this, uh, my brother called me up one day and, and he said there's a trap line opened up at Winterford Lake. Okay. And uh, so I said, well, man, uh, I wonder what's the chance of me getting that. So w- we, we applied for it and what it was, it was on a point system. So, if you had a skidoo, you, you had points. If you had a quad, an argo, a yeah. boat, a dog team.
0: A pulse. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and
1: also, you had to show uh, uh, fur records from the last five years. Yeah. And, so, and you had to be a junior. You couldn't be a senior. Okay. So, there was, out of 80 that applied, I came out number one. So, Good for uh, you. So, I, I got the line. And, uh, and I, that was always my dream to have a trap line that I could catch a fish in front of the cabin
0: oh yeah and
1: uh that happened and and was very true until now it's catch and release (laughs) (laughs) but i still could catch a fish
0: (laughs) so then along comes kevin
1: kevin we came along when we were south of mcmurray okay Uh, yeah and at that time we had to leave the trucks and go 16 miles by skidoo and And
0: what age did you start taking him along um
1: Actually, I uh, well, I
2: would have started out in a farm catching weasels and that kind of stuff yeah. at around 8 years old as well. Yeah. Probably. Yeah, yeah. somewhere yeah. around there. Yeah.
1: He was yeah, ve- I think you very You got the young.
2: line um I yeah, I would have been maybe 11, 10, maybe 12 yeah. at the most. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. And did what what did that change him having a line?
2: Well, <clears throat> from my perspective anyway, it it gave us the you know, the chance to spend a weekend together. It was uh yeah. Always a very uh, fast-paced life back then. Um, it seemed like uh, no matter how hard you worked, you never had enough money to, to just uh, yeah. take a vacation. So, so it, allowed, uh, it allowed our family to become uh, a family, uh, you know, more than just uh, the everyday hustle and bustle of, of life, right? So it, I, I guess that was, looking back at it, it was probably, you know, the best time of my childhood.
0: Yeah. Well, it, it ends up when, when you do those things together as a family, it becomes a vacation, whether whether it's, it, it's trapping or, or, or fishing or, you know, yeah. or going to Disneyland. I mean, b- yeah. but you're doing it together. And that, I, I know I raised my kids the same way. We had nothing. But every Friday afternoon, we were we were gone camping and, you know, summer and winter, whatever, whatever, because that was what was important to them. It was, you know, we had three kids, and and, and uh, there was actually five kids in the household. Just two of them paid for the mortgage. That's all, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: Well, my, it must have looked pretty funny at some times, because I, I think we only had one skidoo for a good portion of that, so it looked yeah. probably like a little bit of a refugee situation with everybody hanging <laughs> off of a portion of the sleigh just to get to the cabin, you know, and that's what it was. My two sisters, mom, myself, and dad, and one skidoo, and all the stuff we needed for the weekend. That was uh, That was our weekend.
1: We had a Tundra LT, long track. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> most of the times going up the hill, the skis were off the ground. <laughs> like, you know, you just balanced it to keep it in the trail. Yeah.
0: And it was,
1: it was, that was how everybody came.
2: We had a musher type sleigh, so I would always run right on the back and help push up the hills and help steer the sleigh and whatever. And There was once or twice where I fell off and Dad didn't realize for, you know, uh, <laughs> it, maybe uh a mile or two I hate to exaggerate, but probably 10 miles or so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> but you weren't worried, you just kept yeah. walking because yeah. you knew when dad figured it out, yeah. he'd come
2: back. If somebody would come back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, I have quite a reputation
1: of uh losing people and stuff, and uh, now I have mirrors, which helps. But uh, my youngest daughter, when she uh came with her boyfriend, uh, <laughs> Uh, they were in the back of the sleigh, and I came around the corner, and uh, the sleigh sl- uh, flipped. Oh. So my son-in-law said, uh, your dad's going to st- uh, uh, stop. And my daughter says, no, we better walk to the cabin. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> so that, that trap line, what, what, what did you trap on it?
1: Uh, that was uh, a lot of uh, Martin on there. And, and not at first. Uh, we caught the odd... Odd Fisher and uh, the Odd Link, uh, Weasels, uh, uh, Banks. Yeah.
2: Yeah. But also mostly a, a Fisher line back then. Yeah. That was mostly what we caught. You yeah. caught a lot of Fisher? Yeah. Yeah. I think in 19, it was about 1991 or two maybe, that was the first time we ever encountered a Wolverine. Yeah. We never did catch him, but he tormented us for a winter, and that was, that was where I got a fasc- fascination for him. Oh,
0: I yeah. think everybody has a fascination for Wolverine. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're kind of that apex, Uh. uh Predator to aim for in the, in the trapping world, no, no question about it. Uh,
2: so how big was that trap line?
1: Uh, that was uh, 6 by 8 miles.
2: Uh, 10 by 10, eh? Ten,
1: oh, 10 by 10. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah it so was that's 10 right. by 10, so Ten. two and a
2: half townships. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Okay. And, but,
1: uh, and then uh, one day, uh, like Kevin at an early age, like I'd give him a chance and say, okay, you set a trap. You put it wherever you want. So he put this trap one day, and uh, we come back, caught our first martin. There that was go. the first Martin we ever had got. And uh, so the first year we caught one, and then the second year we caught three. Third year, I think it was between five and ten, and then after that we took 40 every year. Wow. And so the Martin had just moved in. Yeah. And there was some big fires north of McMurray. We heard maybe they had got pushed down. I don't know if that was true or not, but it came, came around that time.
2: And I think a lot of it was evolving with with learning how the animals work too. Back then, think, looking at it from now, I, I think that uh, numbers had a big part to play with it. But it but it was uh, what bait to use, how to how to do it. I mean, yeah. it, it was just you know, and it sounds silly now. There's so much information on the internet, but back then nobody talked.
0: What's funny because I mean we get a lot of feedback and we get a lot of questions about you know what to do. Uh, you know, there uh, I'm getting you know turn uh they're walking up to the box and they're turning it down and walking away and do i need a different lure and and you know my beliefs are that if if the animal's at the box, your lure did its job. Now it's your bait. It's your bait that failed. And but you know you, you get a lot of those questions. And and I think that the, the biggest question that every but but he misses and and I torment you with this this a lot is uh, you know why did you choose this spot to make the set because or or to put in your your, your bait uh, your bait station because that to me is far more important than what you're using for bait or anything else because you need to you need to recognize that that that's a spot for a wolverine or that's a spot for a fisher or martin or whatever right And yeah. a lot of people miss that and that's hard to translate on uh, onto the onto youtube right on uh, onto the internet
2: and it's also hard when you get put on the spot to answer it, it you know you, you, that's why i do it yeah <laughs> i was thinking about that question today uh, you know i missed a lot of explanation there but um yeah it's it just you know uh, after after you get experienced you just know okay and so tell me now what you know <laughs> Oh, geez. <laughs> On a spot again.
1: I I know one like uh I know what with me is uh you put your traps where you think they're good. And and you soon you soon get a record and say, "Well, shoot, this is the third one I got to this year." Or, yeah. or the this is two years in a row. This this is done good. Yeah. And and the poor ones you seem like you you move them over there because it's better there. You see a game trail, you see yeah. tracks. And eventually your trap line evolves around your experiences and well and
0: that's very true i when people talk to me and they say well we're, this is what my trap line looks like and i'll say well what are you familiar with how well do you know your trap line? Because that's when when you're really going to discover where you you know those trails, like you're you're explaining to the fellow today where the where the wolves come through. You know that the wolves come through there and that's a good that, that, that's where you're gonna set up, right? But you don't get that until you come out and you work the trap line, right? Yeah, uh, burn a lot of gas. That's right. Yeah, I mean it it, take, it takes work to do that. So that's that's a big a big deal. The one that gets me is, you know, we and we talked about this today out on the line is I'll set a box up and it will do nothing for 3 years but I'm driving by it anyway so I set it every year. Then all of a sudden it catches on fire. I had one of them one, one do it this year on the on the trap line and now uh, I'm three martin and two fisher out of it and this is the first year in 5 that it's caught anything. So then I'm thinking so am I a genius or or was I you know
2: like too far in advance, right? Well, my theory on that is, is is believing in your proposal yeah I mean you know, you know at the, at the end of the day you put it there for a reason and if and if you thought it was a good spot at one time yeah you should you should continue to believe in it until it pays out I, that in my experience uh, you know we trap as a family and a lot of times my wife will put something or, or Connor will put something and I'll look at it and go I, I don't even know why you put it there but you know what they believe in it and, yep. ev- and eventually it'll pay off I, I don't think that we've ever had a bum set on the line have we caught her? No. Uh, have we had a single setup that we never caught anything? I don't think we have.
3: No, not no, not after this week.
2: No. So you know that just shows that you know for whatever reason, once you once you know what to look for and you believe you <clears throat> believe in that setup, you, you shouldn't you shouldn't give up on it.
0: Yeah. Well, f- for me, I mean, I'm I'm always looking at, at habitat. I'm always looking at at uh, you know. I, I like I like those edges. I like the edges between the the, the evergreens and the and the the conifer or the um, uh, hardwood forest. And I, I like the edges, but w- w- you know where the willows are along the, the swamps. I like the creeks and that kind of stuff. So I'm always looking at that stuff, and to me, that's a natural, right? And you're set on it, and then some of them just do not pay off for forever, and then all of a sudden they're on fire. So I don't know whether it's it's the population moves. I think I think good habitat. You know, when you're when you're nailing that habitat, it's eventually going to. The animals are going to be there. I mean, it's it's like, it's like trying to get rid of beavers. You know, um, you can trap every beaver out of a out of a slough or or a, or a creek or whatever. But if it's good habitat, in a couple of years, maybe later that year, there are beaver back there because that's a habitat, and they're they're going to be there. I I just it's just neat though. I always like to 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 talk to people. You know, like you, you know know what. Folks know uh, Wolverine so well, so I'm I'm trying to peer through your eyes a little bit there. Um, Morley Smith, yeah, you, you folks know Morley. The guy c- can can howl a wolf in. Like I mean, he, he knows wolves so well, and you know, trying trying to peer through his eyes and the stuff that, that that he sees. That's why I ask those questions. You know, like I'm I'm trying to understand because once you can see it, yeah. it makes it makes such a, a huge difference in in how uh, successful you're going to be. Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, and for people learning learning the trade or learning you know the industry whatever you want to you know i guess there's a split yeah. thing on, on what people consider it but uh you know as people people that are learning i don't think that a lot of guys take a lot enough time to understand what went wrong and what went right
0: well so many of them though today are they look up youtube and i you know if you need to change the 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 carbides on your on your skidoo, You you take a look on YouTube. That's how you do it. And they and they figure it's that that same kind of thing for for trapping. Well, trapping also has there there's some there's a spiritual side to, to to trapping where you you have to have some intuition, right? It can't be taught. You yeah. know what I'm saying? You yeah. you have to understand a little bit about what's going on. Um. So how did we end up here in Steen River?
2: Oh. Well, um I, I we're both in the airplane business and and I had uh I had uh, my own little business going on. I was a little stubborn as well and wanted to try it uh, try it out, so I was doing that and uh had an opportunity up here um uh to sell the business and move up here and, and manage a bigger company and and I don't know what it was. I can't explain it till today. Um Joni and I came up uh kids were little little. Our youngest was uh 6 months old, I think, 7 months old. We came up here in a high-level, fell like home instantly. Okay. And we uh, we moved here. We took a chance uh, on it, and it and it really paid off for us. We we grew the the business here, helped grow the business. I'm now the chief operating officer of that company. And when I moved up here, I think we had about five airplanes and 18 employees. And, and what I, and
0: what exactly does
2: this business do? Well, we specialize in air ambulance service. Uh, so between dad and myself, we actually uh, provide uh, all of the aircraft for the province of Alberta. That's uh, for very cool air very so, cool uh, yeah, so we, we you know run a fairly large company now or help run it. I mean we have a, a team of great people around us, but what sent us to Steen River I can't explain it till today. Uh, literally, it was a it was a weekend we had off and uh, we wanted to go camping somewhere and <clears throat> I there's an abandoned campsite right across the road from where we are right now. Uh, they abandoned it in the 80s. it used to be a, a Steen River campsite. And well, like one of the government of Alberta things. That's right. Yeah, that's we, right.
0: That we used to have everywhere, and now we have yeah. none of. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think there's. I think there's still soggy firewood there. <laughs> yeah. But we, we we. I knew the guy yeah. that had the back <laughs> to supply that. <laughs> <laughs> we drove our fifth wheel there, and uh, we just went exploring. We didn't even own a quad back then, and we found this place. And this place was all overgrown. Uh, you couldn't drive a quad down here for the life of you. It was overgrown, and we went. Uh, onto the river bank and we looked into the river and, and it was just, it was just home. And, and just by absolute fluke, uh, answered an ad in the newspaper. It was about three years later. It was at your house. Uh, it was, it was in the, uh, Alberta trappers magazine. It was a classified ad, uh, guy advertising a trap line north of high level. I had no idea it was this one. And, no way. Uh, I wrote the guy a letter and, Trying to remember, but but it was from the heart. I remember that. I don't remember exactly what I said, but I just explained my situation. I explained how much we, we missed dropping. We couldn't do it. We were away from our family. We had to come here for a career move, whatever. And, and uh, he replied instantly. It was for sale for several years. And uh, he had, you know, people replying for the wrong reasons. Right. He wanted it to go to the right family. And and I guess he thought we were the right family. So, Um. Made him an offer on it. It was a progressive uh, takeover. I uh, had to be a junior on it for a few years with the new regulations and everything. So we came in, we put a wall tent here. We cleared this whole thing by hand, Joni, Connor, myself. Uh, I don't know how many gallons of chainsaw gas we burnt, but I wore out, I think, three chainsaws here. Yeah. <laughs> and uh you know, and two I, quads. <laughs> yeah, two quads. And, you know, life just got better. Every day got better that we were here. Yeah. Yeah well
0: and I mean just just the thought of when when you're not here thinking about getting back here. Yeah. Right? And yeah. I mean and and the kids growing up. Like I mean I, I understand this cuz we had places that we did random camping too when our kids were small and they had you know their their forts and they had their all that stuff planned that you know that that they continued on. You know their play of the weekend would, would be interrupted for the week but they was there on the, again on the weekend and it, it just added so much cohesion in in that to the family, right? You know. We could know that they were off there, they're fishing down at the Beaver Pond or whatever, and Sandy and I could sit by the fire and unwind, or we'd go on a hike up the the hill or whatever, right? You had this to come to and and work on, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, and, you know, because of, well, depending on what uh, end of the uh, spectrum you are, but uh, it could be bad genetics or good genetics, I can't do anything a little bit. Yeah, uh, (laughs) I have that one too. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, we... uh, we we didn't come out here just to uh, relax. We came out here to yeah. trap, and and uh, you know every every morning uh, the kids were little. Looking back at it now, I probably should have been charged for child abuse, but you no, know we were no we, we were we bringing th- our kids out. You know it was minus thirty five, and and we were going out and and putting a hundred miles on in a day, and they were little. Looking back at the pictures now, I mean we were probably crazy, but it still worked. Yeah, it get, worked.
0: we we need more of that in today's world, and not less, more.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So you started trapping and
2: you didn't know what you had here, right? Not initially. The The guy I bought it from, you know, he, he knew there was Wolverines, for example, out here, the odd link he told me when I bought it. And, um, you know, they were your typical weekender weekend warrior sort right. of type people. They lived in Edmonton. They would come out here a few times a year. They would set a few traps. Um, Probably didn't take the time to spend, to understand the, the the animal, to understand the area, understand what bait to use, and just understand it all. Uh, not to mention, there wasn't a single trail open here uh, our first year. Like, everything everything that we saw today was networked by a lot of, you know, you'd spend a week sometimes getting to the end of a, a cut line and yeah. it just dead ends, right? Yeah. Oh, now what, you know? So, you know, it took us about three years, I would say, before we got, like, a useful network of trails. And, and I I mean, it's not even close to done now. People have no
0: no idea the amount of work involved in that, do they? Yeah. yeah. Like, you can burn burn two tanks of chainsaw fuel going the length of your cabin sometimes, you know. And
2: and you have eight townships here, right? Eight townships, 12 miles by 24 miles. Yeah. It's huge. It's big country. It's big country. Yeah.
0: So when, when did you start getting a handle on what kind of fur was here?
2: Well, it was, it was, uh, the first year we, uh, that we seriously trapped, um, you know, I think we, uh, we were struggling finding where they were, finding the habitat to set in, finding how to, you know, it was, it was a struggle and it was the very last weekend. It was February four, 12th or 14th, uh, 14th, I fe- think February 14th. Yeah. So it was a day before the end of the season. That's February 15th up here. Yeah uh we went out to pull the line and we caught three wolverines in a row bang 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 one after another within a you know a, a 10 kilometer stretch we had three wolverines and I think we got four link or something like that that same yeah. day and that's that's things started to mesh together uh we might have got a couple fishers that day too it was a big day for us like it was yeah. a lot of a lot of empty uh... Uh, a lot of things just weren't working up till that day, and and it, and it meshed together. So you know you spend the whole next year uh, building off of that, and and uh,
0: were were you doing the the bait station at that point?
2: No, yeah, yeah, we were, but not with not with the cages. We were we were actually hand building them with wood, and right. uh, it was Dad that sort of led us to that idea the second year.
0: Well, the problem with the wood is the Wolverine would walk right through the side of it, right? And
2: we were having that problem a lot. Yeah. And, and they were, you know, we were losing more than we were catching. And right. So the second year, uh, it was kind of a funny story. We, you know, we built off that, that uh, surge there at the end. And. I thought, well, we're really going to get ahead of it, so we're going to get a bunch of bait. So we went out in the fall. I think it was Thanksgiving weekend. We got, like, 30 beaver, and I, and I, I read on the Internet, okay, if you get them stinky, you know, they're going to work way better. Uh-huh. So I hung them on that hanging pole outside, <laughs> and, I, and I had uh you know, we deboned a moose, yeah, right? Like, yeah. we deboned a whole moose. We had all this bait, yeah. and I put a tarp around it so that birds and stuff wouldn't get at it. And I had to go to the States somewhere, and Joni and the kids came up opening day, November one. She calls me. She said something ate all of our bait. I said, "You mean something ate all of our bait? Like that was only like five, six days ago, and and something ate all of our bait? Like all of those beavers? It, like nothing's there?" She says, "No." I said, "Well, send me a picture." She sent me a picture, and and I and I said, "That's Wolverines." That. So I. She said, "Well, what do I do?" And I said, "Well, just take, take some bait that's left because there was a few little bones and stuff there hanging." And I said shove it in a, in a, in a box, uh, like a three thirty you know, double cubby box yep. and see what happens. So she did that just around the cabin. I mean, within a few hundred yards from the cabin and, 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 uh, woke up in the morning there was three Wolverines, uh, that she had caught in the sight of the cabin. Wow. So wow. that's, that's when we knew we had something special and, and, and it just went on from there. That's amazing.
0: That's amazing. Like, I mean, the area you're in here, um, between the, the the rivers is is pretty unique for for the amount of wolverine that are here. Yeah, like you were telling me that that it's like the high some of the highest population of of wolverine
2: in, well in
0: all of Alberta, if not North America.
2: Uh, yeah, definitely in Alberta, this would be the highest population of wolverines. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, without a doubt. We saw one today.
0: Yeah, I know that was just that was just amazing. <laughs> you yeah. know, it was just amazing. So, now. Uh, once you moved on in into using the uh, the stucco wire cage now anybody watched the show you, you you see from last year from season four uh, how he how he uses the stucco wire to make uh, these bait stations and and uh, catches both Lynx and, and Wolverine and everybody thinks that Wolverine are so incredibly intelligent that they um, you know the the steel would put them off it doesn't it, it doesn't so using that made it much more controllable for
2: you yeah, and we were w- talking with the biologists and 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 stuff and we always had a very open relationship with them, you know, very transparent. I fed off of them, they fed off of me. We were bouncing ideas off on what we really truly had here cuz nobody had nobody had knew up till now. So, we had, we knew that the the balance was off here. Um I think the first year we had caught I th- I think it was over 12 Wolverines, somewhere around 12 and uh and uh I think we caught less length than we caught wolverines and and so the balance was totally off, and so you had
0: too many apex predators yeah, that were eating everything else,
2: yeah, and it was impossible to catch a martin or anything else because the Wolverines were just batting down the yeah. the martin boxes and making a mess of everything, so we needed to come up with a a bit of a strategy, and my strategy was was to to use a, a more universal trap like this like this bait station that we showcased in the last few shows, yeah to um so that they wouldn't be able to come and destroy us set uh, they we might start weeding a few of them out if you will uh, and you you said and I found this really unique because
0: I mean you understand your area and you understand the animals far better than than, than uh, anybody else but you said that it's it's useless trying to trap Martin in in boxes around here that all the years you've maybe caught 20 Martin but the, because you've got that box there with meat in it, well, that becomes a play toy for for the Wolverine, one after another after another. That's all they are. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Pretty
2: expensive play toys. Exactly. <laughs> the, uh,
3: the one year, Dad got an assembly line going at work to build Martin boxes yeah. for us, because the Wolverine kept on eating them.
2: I, oh, man. <laughs> I, I think we built 300 that year, and I think two years later, we didn't even have one of those left. No. You know, that's how many we were going through at first, right?
0: And it's amazing how
2: adapt they are at peeling that that
0: that trap out of there and and, and destroying the box yeah yeah they
3: don't even set it off
2: that's what i
0: mean yeah yeah yeah. yeah. i had a bear do that one year really i mean bears are dicks i mean that's i always say that but i had i had a bear it was a grizzly and which is really odd because you know there are no grizzly in alberta and especially where i am it would be like you having grizzly hair you know it's it's unusual but he was it was uh end of november and he was still out and he went, uh, hit one part of my Martin line and, and he hit eight boxes in a row. He peeled the the, the traps out of it yeah. and then he ripped the back off the off the box and take the meat. The last one, he took the box and everything. Uh. <laughs> I could just, I had this this image in my mind of him going down the trail with my <laughs> box under his arm. <laughs> uh. <laughs> so now that uh, you, you've got some idea um, and you, you're working with the, with the biologists, uh, what are the wolverine numbers? Like, I mean, the biggest thing about wolverine is nobody knows anything. You know, it's a study that the uh, Alberta Conservation Association has done with the trappers. Uh, they have run-pull, bait stations and run poles to take pictures and that. And all, all of a sudden, we discovered that we have way more wolverine than we ever dreamt we had. Yeah. And now, in this area here, of course, your you know, wolverine numbers are off the charts.
2: Yeah, it's it's not uncommon. I mean, we caught two today. And, yeah. and that's not really all that uncommon up here, uh, in in this Beistu Lake area uh, of the province. That's, uh, I don't know why they're they're so thick and so so plentiful up here, but you know, obviously the food sources that everything's working. There's a lot of theories out there, but everything's working right here. They're I, very healthy, very healthy.
0: And I, I guess here, I mean, their their number one food must be rabbit. I yeah, I believe they would be. yeah Yeah. and yet that's not what you use for bait
2: no uh link Uh, i mean every everything needs link here i I believe we we even use link for martin
0: really yeah and it's amazing because uh we always talk about a bait having a you know a strong odor and and that kind of stuff and and link is like as plain as it gets like we um i I imagine you guys have all eight links yeah i i have too and i mean it's really good eating if you get a fresh one and but we always call it the other 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 white meat cuz it's just white and and it's it's like caribou it tastes like whatever you put on it you know if you put salt on it it tastes like salt if you put hot sauce on it it tastes like hot sauce it really doesn't have its own flavor whatsoever and yet it makes such a great bait yeah that's and, so strange and beaver doesn't work up here
2: yeah if you hang a, a a link from a from a tree and a beaver from the same tree and we've done this yeah uh, they they won't they won't touch the beaver over the link Well, we had Two really cool things happened today. Now,
0: between the three of probably about, just about, what, 100 years worth of trapping experience now, and we had one really, really cool thing that was the first time ever, and that was we had a wolf stick its head in a 330 body grip. So in all, every one of these bait stations have, have uh, a 330 body grip within uh, the stucco wire cage, and then there are uh, link snares around the outside. Wolves never come near steel on my line. No. Just never do, and you've never seen this in all your years yeah. of of trapping, or yours. But a, it's got to be an eighty or eighty-five pound wolf, like it's not a pop. No, you know. And he took and shoved his head in the in the three thirty, dead as a stone, sitting there. Yeah. yeah, it was just amazing, just amazing. I'd never seen that before. Yeah. And then we had another thing that was. Uh, I guess you've you've seen this before, but one of the dangers when you have these set up for for the links, uh it, it, uh links will walk around most often they'll walk around the the bait station they don't not very often although today was we got a couple of them that went into the actually into the body grip trap but usually you catch them in the snares around the outside right that's right yeah and and uh so talk about that snare and what you do so that you don't catch a wolverine in that snare
2: yeah, we try to typically put them a little higher than than normal uh, to, to just target link. So I mean, I think a perfect height for link would be about twelve inches. We like to put ours here, you know fifteen to even sixteen inches high and and the Wolverines don't get caught in them usually uh, today one did. Uh, but uh, and you'll miss a few link. you'll you'll miss a few smaller ones, but you'll 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 still get the adults, so it, it works out um and also too uh it compensates for the snow right if you get right. more snow right uh then it, then it it evens out but we we caught a wolverine today and and uh well uh, actually it was a lynx we
0: had a lynx in one of the stairs right yeah 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 and the wolverine come up and it looked like he was going to eat it yeah you know because he kind of dug it off dug the snow off it but then for whatever reason he decided he had to go for a little romp around the circle
2: yeah probably to they like to do that so that nothing else comes to eat it, because they're not going to eat it all at once. He's going to eat a little bit, and then he's going to come back.
0: Oh, okay, okay. So I'm
2: guessing he went uh, to mark his territory and got caught in a link snare.
0: So he's caught in link snare, and of course, a wolverine is very aggressive. They'll they'll uh, oftentimes just roll over on their back and they'll they'll chew out of it, or they roll a lot. They roll a lot, just like if you're when you're fishing for Lakers. Lakers are terrible for that, for rolling in the, in the line. And this guy got out of the. Didn't get out of the snare. Uh, the snare on un- un- unwound from the tree. I guess your daughter yeah. had, had said it, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And he says, right on camera, he says, "Well, you know, oftentimes we we catch the the wolverine with the, with the snare on it, and we you went and tracked it back through the bush a bit, and off we go. One kilometer down the down the trail, half a mile, and there is a wolverine in a in a three thirty body grip. And guess what?
2: It's got a snare on its neck. (laughs) Twisted thousands and thousands and thousands of times, right? Just
0: absolutely amazing. I thought that was very insightful, but that brings me to something else that you said that I I found to be really insightful. And and I've thought about it all day long. Talk about when they take over uh, a wolf bait.
2: Yeah, so up here, because of the high population of them, I mean, I think this isn't standard for most areas. Most areas may have one or two wolverines kicking around in their in their area. Up here, there there may be uh, five, six, seven uh, that'll that'll start to come to a wolf bait. So when that happens, uh, no other animals come. Uh, so before wolverines show up, it's a it's a plentiful, fruitful environment. Everybody's coming to the wolf bait. You can get link. You can get fishers. You can get you know wolves, Coyote, coyotes, wolf, yeah. fox, all kinds of stuff. A wolverine shows up and does their thing, and and everything disappears. You might as well write the bait off. You might as well just take all your wolf snares off, and uh, and just feed the wolverines.
0: So what? They they push everything off. They they're, they're a bully or
2: I, I, they mark all the food. So they uh, pee on everything. They pee on everything. Okay. And like I was, <laughs> like I tell people sometimes I. I, I say, uh, you know, imagine a, a, a bait station, a, a wolf bait as as an office party, a coffee room in an office, and, <laughs> and somebody brings in donuts, you know, and everyone's enjoying themselves having donuts coming and going and, and uh, going back to their cubicles to work and coming and, and all of a sudden – the Loud guy at the office shows up and comes in and grabs about 10 donuts and licks them all and puts them back and starts telling jokes that you heard a hundred times before and everybody just leaves. And the only guy left, you've met my brother, <laughs> yeah, <that's right>. <laughs> <laughs> so the only guy left there is the guy that licked all the donuts, right? So, how do you catch the guy that uh licked all the donuts? Well, you you use his donuts that he licked and uh and and you'll catch him. So, we found that. Uh, if you try to put new bait, uh, it won't work. You have to use what they've scented, what they've, what they've marked as theirs. And, uh, and you take that bait and, and make a set and usually, uh, usually you'll catch your culprit.
0: So this is really insightful. You take what they've already made what They've marked, they've called it mine. They've called it mine and you take and throw that in a box, put a trap in front of it and they'll want, they'll want to go get it back. Yeah, because it's, it's somebody theirs.
2: moved. Yeah, somebody moved it. You know, it's it's theirs, and and they don't think about why somebody moved it. Just somebody moved it, and it's theirs. That's they're, amazing. They're like, gonna go get it.
0: I mean, I just think about it. Like, I mean, it's sitting there, and they pee on it there. But if I move it over here now, now they gotta. What are they gonna do? Are they gonna move it back, or they just gotta pee on it again?
2: Well, I, you know, I'm not sure. I, I, we've just, you know, we've tried, we've played around with it a little bit and that's, that's exactly what happened. I mean, we've always just put it in a, in a cubby of some sort and, and, uh, and, and caught them. So, that's yeah. very
0: insightful. I, I, I like that. I mean, that's, that's actually talking to the animal, you know, understanding it. I, uh, those kind of insights I, I enjoy. Uh you've been quiet, big guy. Yeah. What's this life like? Uh,
3: I don't know what to say honestly uh when your first when dad came home and told us we uh he got signed up on a trap line I was, I was quite excited and uh the first year of trapping I I hated it to be honest with you. Why is that? Uh I didn't know how to drive a skidoo. Oh. And
0: uh <laughs> You got over that. <laughs> yeah, I,
3: I got over that. That's I love it now. But uh that yeah, that the, <laughs> I just hated skidooing but uh after that we, uh, just kind of learned and I, I, I set my own line around the cabin here. Yeah. We got 10 kilometers and, uh, we always catch the first Wolverine around the cabin. Yeah. But, uh, we don't really set it now cause it's a waste of time. Oh. We only catch a uh, Wolverine, so yeah. <laughs> we, uh, <laughs> we don't uh, set that much anymore, but, uh, yeah, it, it was every year it got more and more fun, interesting, and learned a lot more. And uh, got us all in great shape because there's, there's no sports up here, right? So, uh, you know, cutting trails and trees and all that, it's uh, it's pretty good it, exercise.
0: <laughs> it's it, it's a great it, it's a great way to uh, to vent though, isn't it? Yeah, to get out and just some days, I know some days that I even at my age you know you're unhappy with life and you get out there and you start swinging an axe or running a chainsaw and and you know somewhere during that day of uh, of you know five gallons of chainsaw gas or whatever all of a sudden all those problems disappear right yeah uh, and and you feel good after it all right yeah yeah
3: yeah and uh out being outdoors now is one of my favorite things like yeah. uh i like i don't i can't sit in, on a couch and play video games or nothing i I don't like that that's a good thing. But uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's we came out here every weekend, Friday night, I'd pack the truck, dad would get home and ready to take off. Yeah. And uh spend the weekend out here and uh catch catch a couple things and head home.
0: That's fascinating. See, so I do you do the skinning as well?
3: I, I help. I don't skin, I just flush. Oh, board. you flash. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, my mom does most of the flashing. She's she's way better at it. But, yeah,
0: uh, she's a very competent lady when it comes to this. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
3: So, well, last year we had a system going up. Uh, these two skinned. My mom flashed. Uh, we had another guy flashing and I board. Yeah, so well,
2: that- <laughs> what, 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 did you, what did you have to put up last year? I think, I think we did somewhere around 50 link in two days, and uh, we had... I think around four Wolverine and and five Fishers and some Merton. so it was a, it was a decent year last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, oh, that is that is amazing.
1: We did it all in one weekend.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well up here it's easy for things to stay frozen. Yeah. Cause it was like what, it was 32 below this morning. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, every day you go out and the and the snowbill starts, it's like oh that was a good day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, I really want to thank you, folks. Um, this is my second trip up here. Uh, I love it up here. You've got an incredible piece of heaven, and uh, I enjoy the knowledge. I enjoy the the, the camaraderie. I, I really love seeing the young folks up. Uh, your sisters aren't here this time, uh, no, which is too bad because we had so much fun with them last time. Yeah. Uh, but I got got to meet you, yeah. and hear hear the stories and, and see where he came from, and and it, it's all becoming clearer. <laughs> <laughs> so i really want to thank you for for having me here and i want to thank you for for doing the podcast with me you know
2: yeah no problem thank you for thank coming you. okay yeah. okay
0: and uh thank you folks for watching and maybe we'll see you down the line
1: i wrote this song uh poor poor trapper when i was uh 17 years old that's uh 47 years ago it goes like this Oh, we're poor, poor trappers, what are you gonna do? We're poor, poor trappers, filled with caribou. We're poor, poor trappers, always on the go. trying to put them traps out, they pour us too much snow. We got ourselves a dog team, we also got skidoos. It seems we're working round the clock with so much yet to do. We got a net to set, we got some wood to make. We gotta build a cabin before it's all too late. Oh, we're poor, poor trappers, what are you gonna do? We're poor, poor trappers filled with caribou. We're poor, poor trappers, always on the go. Trying to put them traps up before there's too much, though. I woke up one morning feeling mighty cold. I glanced out the window, the dogs are covered with snow. So we ate our pancakes and slipped right outside. Why, it was so bloody cold, we nearly froze alive. Oh, we're poor, poor trappers, what are you gonna do? We're poor, poor trappers, filled with caribou. We're poor, poor trappers, always on the go. Trying to put them traps out before there's too much snow. (laughs) Oh, The mice are chewing at the furs, the moths are helping too. We're trying all we can, but there's not much we can do. The mice are chewing at the fish, the wolves are eating our meat. And we have to stay up all night, we're really getting beat. Oh, we're poor, poor trappers, what are you gonna do? We're poor, poor trappers that fill with caribou. We're poor, poor trappers, always on the go. We're trying to put them traps out before us too much snow mm mm-hmm. Oh, but we have our freedom, we can do what we want. It's not like in the city where you can't even take a walk. The scenery is so lovely, the lakes are so darn nice. It beats a Paris and Rome, and all the city lights. Oh, we're poor, poor trappers, what are you gonna do? We're poor, poor trappers, filled with caribou. We're poor, poor trappers, and I'll always be. Cause poor, poor trapping, cause trapping, cause trapping, cause trapping cause Trapping is for me. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, sir.